Good Tuesday evening to everyone. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air. We'll be back with you to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Good Tuesday evening, everyone. Me and Phil are back with you to talk about the truth of God and to see where we go tonight. And Phil, as you're moving around your microphone there, how was your day today? I had a good day today. Just an opportunity to uh, just work on the things that we've been working on. And I always like when I'm more busy at work, than less and today was one of those where time got away which is fine uh because when you're busy like that it makes time go by so it was a good day definitely know what that's all about my days are like that too and you look for those slow periods of time but then when the slow periods come you're well wish it would pick up a little bit just looking for that that balance and hope everybody listening in now and in the future your day was good today on tuesday First of August, hard to believe August is already here. Time goes by fast. Well, Phil, tonight, this came to mind this afternoon, and we had actually talked about this recently on our gathering as the men on Sunday evening. This part of this came out and had this come to mind. I thought this is a this is a, a nice direction to go, something that we haven't talked about specifically where we've started out a podcast as our our as our topic, which we know that that doesn't mean that that's where we stay. That's just where we start. And it was about a statement that one of our members of our gathering, Josh, our brother, that he's been on the podcast a few times. And this is something that he would say, and this was not too long ago. He would stay, say this as you would talk to him, have a greeting with him, something like that. Or somebody at work would ask him how he's doing. And he would make this statement. He would say, always blessed. And we talked about it a few times and it got to the point where it was addressed to where, is that something you should be saying? Do you know why you're saying it? And, and he's been working on that and, and not saying that anymore when talking to people. And a lot of people may say, well, what's wrong with saying always blessed? Well, with faith in Yah, faith in Yah is about living truth. And living the truth means that you evaluate things that Yah brings to our attention or to your personal attention and make proper corrections and changes because you want to follow the will of God and do what is right. And this is something that we actually, we started talking about this from an aspect of curse words. And a lot of times what we'll do is we will not know what a word means and just think we know based on programming or experience, and we'll just go with it. For example, in the world, we can say that somebody is fat, 
and we don't mean it from a size of their body perspective. We mean it from a perspective of, oh, they're really cool that they're P-H-A-T. Or, you know, somebody is, you know, you know, that's really cool. Well, that's a statement of an opinion on what you think something is in your eyes, but is it cool? Meaning, is it cool to the touch? Or, yeah, that person's just really neat. I like them. So you say they're cool or you say somebody's hot and it has nothing to do with the temperature of water or food. It's just you you use words in different ways. Well, when Yah uses words, they use them for a specific reason. And we've been being taught by Yah that the language of God, the Hebrew language, is a picture language. And for example, they'll use a term, for example, salvation, Yeshua, his name means salvation. So when you see the word Yeshua, it means salvation. It's a picture. And we were getting into this and just, it came to mind about cursing that if you say out of your mouth, you're mad at somebody and you say the F word to them, or you call somebody a son of, and the B word, and people say, well, you're cursing, quit using that foul language. You're, you're cursing. And a lot of these words have meanings that we don't use and people take them in a negative connotation and think that, well, this isn't appropriate to say this because you're cursing. But in faith in Yah, it's about understanding the truth of God and applying it. And this is just another one from the perspective of Yah. What is a curse and what is a blessing? Are we really cursing someone when we say certain words or are we just making a statement about somebody we don't like but are we actually cursing that person or is it just something in your language that you've learned and you just say you're just that's the way you speak and you don't really mean anything by it and i got my mind thinking of that in terms of what is a curse what is a blessing because the word of god makes it clear and Yah makes this clear in the first testament, the old testament, as it's referred to, that I set before you, and he's talking about the the people, the Israel people, I set before you blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. If you fall in line with obedience to me, which at that time it would be in their mind, them uh, attempting to achieve it, not able to do it from the heart yet. But them attempting that you obey me and you fall under the blessings. You disobey me, then you fall under the curses. And the curses and the blessings are set. And whichever ones you get depends on what side you fall on. So if I were to say, Phil, if I get mad at you and I say, you know, F you, I'm not cursing you. I'm just using a word that I don't understand what it means. Now, if I say, because here's what is a curse is what you speak upon somebody. Like if I say to somebody, and I would not say this other than this way, I would say, you know, go to hell like that. Well, that would be me putting a curse on somebody, but it's not for me in my faith walk to do that. Actually, the word says the opposite, that be careful if you call somebody a fool because you're in danger of the judgment. So you don't, we don't say you're going there. We say, Hey, watch what you're doing, because if you don't turn to God in repentance and find the fullness of faith, then you will end up there. And you fall under that curse anyway, because if you remain where you are, 
then you are in disobedience. So therefore the curse, you're under the curse. And the word of God says, and the Galatian church had struggles with this, that quit attempting to justify yourself by the works of the law, because anybody that attempts to be righteous by the works of the law is under a curse, because cursed is anyone who does not continue in the book of the law to do these things, meaning if you fail at one point, then you're cursed that you cannot be righteous before God because you're a lawbreaker. So certain things are set in place, and it's based on your choice of obedience or your choice of disobedience. It's not you saying something to somebody just because you're frustrated. And it also means that just because, oh, I bless you, or you sneeze and bless you, you don't receive a blessing just because somebody says bless you because you sneeze. All you're doing is you're making a statement which you sneezing is a bodily function, and there's no blessing or curse in a sneeze. It's just a sneeze. That's what it is. But in this world, because of programming, we do things out of programming and not necessarily out of the truth of God. And that's where the difference in the life that we're living now by faith in God is we're changing our life to line up with the truth of God to where we don't just do the things that we used to do and not know why we're doing them. We're learning more and more to really evaluate what we're doing and not only what we're doing, but why we're doing it. What is the reason why we're doing this? What is the reason why I have this type of language coming out of my mouth? Is it because I heard my parents do it? Is it because I saw it in school? I'm mimicking others to be accepted. Why am I doing this? And this is something that is a practice that by the word of God, it says to make sure that you practice taking every thought captive, make that your life so that you can know more and more why you're doing what you're doing. Because the more we know what we're doing, then we have self-control. If we have control of what we're doing, we know why we're doing what we're doing. But I had this thought with this. We've mentioned this on the podcast a few times about things being a constant. And in the word of God and the truth of God, that blessings and curses are constant. Because it depends on what side that you're on. If you find the fullness of faith in Messiah then everything for you is a blessing. If you don't find faith in God, then everything for you is a curse. And that is now and in the future. And Yah makes it clear, Yah doesn't, what they do, what they set, they don't change. And they made it clear that if you want to fall under blessings, then you obey God. And if you choose to fall under disobedience to God, there's going to be curses. And that's not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is Yah has set that in place. And whatever you use, whatever path you walk in will determine this. And if I remember right, I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 28, where Yah lays this out, the blessings and curses. And at that time, he was giving them the physical blessings and curses that you'll be blessed when you go and when you come out, and you'll be blessed here and there. And because of obedience, or if you choose disobedience, you'll have sicknesses and diseases and things like that. Well, the same thing remains, and that even goes back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, that the serpent was cursed by God, and Adam and Eve weren't individually cursed, but they the land was cursed, where the man would work the land, and by the sweat of his brow he would labor, and the woman was uh, under the punishment of having her, um, with the childbearing, her pain increasing in childbearing, and you'll desire your husband, but he'll lord over you, so... 
because of the disobedience is why the curses were put in place. However, by circumcision of the heart, by fullness of faith in Messiah, that those curses are lifted to where now the ultimate curse, which is the guilty conscience, is lifted, where the sin nature is put into your body of flesh, but you and your heart, the curse of the knowledge of sin, the guilt, is taken away. But there's still consequence for things that we do. So this aspect, it just, along with what we've been talking about, that it just gives a good opportunity to discuss an aspect of God that people would say, well, you know, what do you mean I'm under a curse? I mean, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and my life is a blessing. And I would say, really evaluate that because the Word of God also says that if someone doesn't believe in the Son of God, that they're condemned already because they haven't believed in the one and only Son of God. So you stand condemned already. I didn't come to condemn. My focus is to show mercy and to show you the gospel message, the way to salvation. But that's why we leave people alone that ultimately don't want anything to do with this is because they're actually under a curse already. And we don't curse people because if you remain in that disobedient state, then you're under the curse already. Anyway, we don't bring a further curse upon anybody. And so this is very important because those that are listening out there, that the word of God makes it clear that there are curses for obedience, meaning that your, your mindset, your life is obedience to God versus disobedience. So if you say, well, yeah, you know, I accepted uh, Jesus as a savior, but yeah, I still sin. Everybody sins. Well, evaluate if you're, if blessings are a part of your life, because if you still sin, then you're under a curse. Now, ultimately, the the curse that the ultimate curse is going to be when, if you remain in that, that you'll be separated from God and you'll end up in the abyss as opposed to the kingdom of heaven. So even at the beginning, when the enemy through his deception told them, well, you won't surely die, and they ate the fruit, which was disobedience instead of obedience, and they didn't immediately physically die, but there's a spiritual death that came in because sin came to life. And the actual eternal death is the ultimate death, which is referred to as the second death, that those we, that everybody will die, you will perish from this body, but the second death is the ultimate death, which is separation from God. So they didn't die physically in the moment, but they had spiritual death. And that's ultimately what Messiah came to do was to take away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So those that walk as he did can escape death and pass from death to life, ultimately the Passover, and find the way of eternal life in him. So this is just a, a good thing to bring up that those, how many times, Phil, have you heard in the world where people will say, oh man, you know, bless you, and I'm just so blessed, I, just me and my family are blessed, and I'm blessed, and do you really understand what a blessing and a curse is to even understand what you're saying, and do you understand what the path of faith is, is it's because of sin, you're cursed at that time, you're under a curse, but the point is, is to get away from the curse and to find the blessing of God, which the blessing of God is obedience to them in all things. And we're told in Ephesians that all the spiritual blessings are in Messiah, that in Messiah are, dwell all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the spiritual blessings are in him. So Yah, as they say in their word, and he said to Joshua, 
I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. Well, the ultimate revelation there is that in the Son of God, that Yah's plan in the Son, in Him, the predestination is, is that the plan is to bless you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. So the goal in faith is to find, through walking through the Old Testament into the New Testament, to find the place where everything for us in circumcision of the heart is a blessing. Even if you take it, well, it's difficult, it's hard, it's a challenge, but all things work together for good. As the word says, for those who love God that are called according to their purpose. So you find your place to be in Messiah, no matter what the struggle is, even if you die in faith, witnessing for God, whatever you do, it's all a blessing. Stephen was being stoned, having rocks thrown at him right at the point of death and father forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it's a blessing because you get to walk the same faith as Messiah and be counted worthy to be, to suffer as he did. So blessing, people will look at blessing as always the feel good and the, man, I just, everything is such a blessing because everything is good. And no, but a lot of times a blessing is you're in a deep struggle and yeah, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't see it, but I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. And wow, this is a blessing that I'm counted worthy to suffer for the name of Messiah. And that's one of the deception is that the enemy making people think that, well, if it feels good and it's easy, then it's from God. And if it's difficult, then it can't be from God. It's got to be from the enemy. But you know, what a blessing to be able to persevere and endure. What a blessing to be counted worthy to suffer just like Messiah did. And that's what we're called to. We're called to suffer, to walk as he did. So Phil, that's my thoughts. That's what came to mind this afternoon. And this is just a just another piece just to help people to realize that we cannot bypass the Old Testament in coming to a faith, a fullness of faith in God, because the one of the reasons for Messiah coming was to remove sin, and which brings the disobedience and the curses. So this is just one of those that uh, just interesting to see where Mother and Yeshua and Abba would go with this. But just I'll turn it over to you if you have any thoughts on this is just what came to mind to me this afternoon. Nope. No thoughts. All right, everybody. Well, (laughs) yeah, I, my thoughts going through my mind as we were, as you were talking and I have to bring up what we've talked about before because it plays a role in this, just like it does every other piece of faith. And that is the psychology of the mind with the brainwashing and mind control. We act like we do because we think we know. But if you haven't built the reality of truth from the scriptural perspective and God's word themselves, then you believe what people are telling you. You believe a lie. And like you said, how many people could answer the qu- this question? Okay. I sneeze and you say, bless you. Or Gesundheit or right. whatever term. Right. right. Well, Gesundheit is bless you in uh, German. and uh, But if I sneeze and you say, bless you, and I turn to you and I say, Sean, what does that even mean? What? Why do you do that? 
Why, why do you say bless you when somebody sneezes? Well, the reality is, is that you say it because you've been programmed to say it. That's the only reason you say it. Most people don't even know where that came from. And I can say, I don't either. I have no idea where that started. Yeah, they have no clue as to where it started. And they don't even look into it because it's just something you do. Somebody sneezes, you say, God bless you. I mean, I've done that many times. I'm working now in a place of if somebody sneezes, I'm not saying anything. Because I have no control over their blessings and curses anyway. Now, I can pray for my enemies and ask God to bless them. And the reality is, is that God's not going to bless them until they are in a position that they can be blessed. And so the aspect of bless you from just that perspective you're talking about. Many people, I would say probably most people have no idea what that means. And if you know what it means, you know that it doesn't apply today in this day and age when somebody sneezes. It was used in a time, and whether it was appropriate or not back then, you know, because it was used from a wrong perspective anyway, but uh, this was back during the plague. And whenever somebody sneezed, it was somebody would say, bless you, as kind of like a, uh, a prayer of, I hope you don't have the plague. I, I hope you're going to be okay type of thing. Well, we don't have that issue now. Somebody sneezes, they sneeze. They, they got pollen in their nose or they, you know, something in their sinuses, whatever, that brought out that sneeze. But people today, they have no idea that that's what it was about, that it was about the plague. And you, somebody sneezes, you say, bless you, and you don't even know. And this is what we've talked about is there's a lot of things you do that you don't know why you do them. You, you have no clue as to why you're doing it. And it's hugely important that we know what we're doing. Hold on for a second. There we go. I'm back up. When we talk about blessings and curses, People don't even know what a blessing is. They don't know what a curse is. They think they do. Blessings and curses are meant to be eternal. Blessings and curses, see, people think that blessings are about a feeling. That if you feel good, then this is a blessing. I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I've got, I got this, I got this lake house or I got this house at the beach and man, God just blessed me with that. And it's just so, man, I'm just so blessed. Why? Because that type of thing feels good. But what does the person say when they get, they get uh, cancer or they get some other disease uh, that really wears them down and puts them in a uh, tough position then all of a sudden you forget about what you thought you had as a blessing. And now you start whining and, and moaning because you feel like you're cursed. Why? Because 
you think a blessing and a curse is determined by feeling. And it's not. Because you can try to call down a curse on me, but if I have faith in God through Messiah with circumcision of the heart, it doesn't matter what curse you try to put on me. I have the eternal blessing. And curses and blessings come by choice. You choose whether you're going to be blessed or whether you're going to be cursed. And you don't live a life in this world. You do not have both blessings and curses. Show me one place in the Bible. Give me one verse, one scripture that makes it clear that you can live in this life, have faith in God, so you'll be blessed on this side and cursed on this side and blessed on this side and cursed on this side. It's an absolute impossibility because God laid it out in Deuteronomy, like you said. God laid it out that, no, there are blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. If you are walking in obedience to God, you can never be cursed. Never. That's an absolute. As long as you remain in that obedient state, and that comes from your setting of your heart, your circumcision of the heart that allows you to carry that out, you walk in full obedience to God, just like Messiah did, and therefore, everything in your life is a blessing. If we look at blessings and curses from a feeling perspective, then when I'm sad, when somebody in my life dies or something tragic happens to me or to somebody else, if I go by feelings, well, that's a curse. And that's why is it, God, why is this happening? I don't understand this. Well, if you can perceive that you have both blessings and curses in your life, you don't have true faith in God. Anyone who has the true fullness of faith in God cannot be cursed. The only way they can be cursed is for them to then choose to step out of the hand of God that they stepped into, walk through the door away from grace that they walked through, so it is an absolute impossibility, and this is huge, and this speaks to us who have circumcision of the heart. So when something happens in our life that seems to be tragic or trauma-ridden, it doesn't matter. Yes, it is tragedy. Yes, it is trauma, but it is a blessing for those who have circumcision of the heart. Like we were talking uh, last night, as the guy, or Sunday night as the guys, this is the beautiful thing about this, is that this allows that because I choose to be obedient to God, I have circumcision of the heart, every tragedy and every trauma that happened in my life, and everybody on the face of the earth has some sort of tragedy, some sort of trauma, a lot of times they suppress it uh, in their mind so they don't have to see it, they don't have to deal with it. Everybody has some sort of tragedy and trauma, and that's part of the struggles of life. Whether you have faith or you don't have faith, you're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have tragedy and trauma. The difference is, is that in full faith, you're walking in obedience to God. There is no sin. 
And therefore, you cannot be cursed. And that's why to anybody that might sit there and say, yeah, always blessed, always blessed, always blessed. But then sometime in their quiet, dark room by themselves late at night when they're laying in bed and God, I don't understand why is all this stuff happening to me? It shouldn't, this shouldn't be. I don't, if you're doing that, use that as a sign to say, maybe I am cursed. You, you can't be both. You, it's an impossibility. Now, you can be disobedient and be cursed even when people are being nice to you and giving you things. Here, Sean, here's $100,000. Go. Oh, man. And I go tell everybody, I'm blessed because I got all this money and somebody gave me this and I'm blessed. No, no, you're still cursed because you're going to end up in the abyss. Anyway, doesn't matter what you have here. What you have here doesn't determine whether it's a curse or not. What you monetarily have can be a curse or a blessing. The difference is, is where your choice is. So all of us are cursed when we're born into this world. You don't have a choice with that. Adam and Eve did that for us. Not God. Adam and Eve did that for us. So we walk, we enter into this world cursed already the only way we can get out of this world and get into the kingdom of god is to have all of the curses within life completely removed and now everything becomes a blessing so i can look back at my life and i can dig up in my subconscious and in my uh, in the past and see the tragedy and trauma that happened in my life and instead of being upset and mad and uh, twisted because all of that stuff happened. I use all that stuff to see what strength that gave me for today for my faith with God. Because I have strength today because of what I persevered through, what I, what I struggled through, all the things that I went through as a child, as a, as a young adult into uh, adulthood, every single thing is a blessing for me. I don't, now when I look at my faith walk and I look at my life now, a lot of times you hear people say, oh, if I could just go back with the, with what I had, uh, what I know now. And no, what I say, I don't want to go back because if I go back, I lose all the strength that I gained from all of those things. And if I know what I know now, I will tippy-toe around and avoid those tragedies and traumas, and I will be weaker in the end than, than stronger. And so when we talk about blessings and curses, they're not, they don't come by a feeling. And too many people have been programmed in this world. If it feels good, it's a blessing. If it feels bad, it's a curse. And when you're feeling bad and you're feeling like you're cursed, are you blaming yourself? Are, are you blaming? Yeah, it's my fault that, that that person did that bad thing to me and and cursed me. It's my fault. No, you're always, well, you cursed me. You you did this. It's, it's your fault. No, no, no. God made it clear in Deuteronomy. It's by your choice. You choose obedience. Everything in your life 
is a blessing. And because of that, you get to use the struggles to get yourself strength. That's how God gives you strength. Because you're going through the struggles, just like, do you gain strength if you go to the gym and you lift weights, but you don't lift any weight, you just grab the air and you pretend that you're lifting weights? No, you gain nothing without struggle. Matter of fact, you will go the opposite direction if there's no struggle. And so many times people will take a struggle that comes in their life and they'll curse God and they'll whine at God about why is this happening instead of figuring out how can I use this to make myself stronger? What can I do? And I promise you that without faith, without the fullness of faith in God, you are cursed. I don't care how good you think your life is. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many cars you own or what kind of cars they are and whether you have mansions and you have houses at the beach or houses at the lake or houses in the mountain. It doesn't matter. You can have all of those things. And in the end, all of that stuff is going to stay here and you're going to burn. And therefore, everything you had, every single thing you have is a curse. It's an absolute must that people wake up and recognize the programming that they've had so that they can change, so that they can get away from this idea that this bad thing happened and, well, woe is me. It's all instead of, oh, yeah, this is a tough situation, but I'm going to use this to figure out how to better myself, how to improve and get better. And you know that a couple years ago that me and my wife had a struggle and I wouldn't change that for anything because I learned so much out of it. Out of that struggle, I learned that if you try to convince somebody of something, they're going to resist. And the more you try to convince them, the more they're going to resist. But when you leave own, let them figure it out on their own, then it uh, settles itself out. And that, in that situation, that was a great learning experience for me so that anytime I know that somebody has a problem, I'm not just going to offer you the fix for it. I'm not going to try to fix it for you. I'm going to, if you ask for help, I'll give you my advice. If you take it, fine. If you don't, fine. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? I grew up in this programming myself, and for a long time, I did those things. And you t you tell your kids that, that you have to do this, and this is what this is the right thing to do, and we need to do this, and and you need to be doing this. And well, there's a there is a time for that, but there's also a time for you to let them go, let them grow up, let them make their own choices, their own decisions. And let them either uh, pass or fail on their decisions. So just real quick, and I'll turn it back over to you. If you're seeking God with all of your heart, stop seeing a blessing and a curse as a feeling. 
recognize that when you find circumcision of the heart, and if you are seeking with all of your heart, you will find that, whether long time or short, you will find it because that's a promise of God. Then you will be blessed. But it's also good to recognize that until I have that circumcision of the heart, I am cursed. And there's nothing I can do about it except to turn my life to God. And then I crucify myself with Christ. I surrender my selfishness to God. Then I get the circumcision of the heart, sinful nature removed. Now, everything in my life, future, present, and past, it's all a blessing for me. And I can tell you, I'm thankful to God for the stuff that I went through when I was younger and even the stuff that I've gone through up till now and whatever is going to come, I rejoice in it. Why? Because it's a blessing. That's why the disciples, after being beaten, okay, and we haven't been beaten for this. We've been, people have hated us, said ugly things about us, but we haven't been beaten for this. And they were beaten. And what did they do? Did they, oh my gosh, we're cursed. We're just, they're beating on us and we're just cursed. And no, they said, man, rejoice because we're counted worthy of Messiah to take a beating. Now, that's how you take tragedy and trauma and see it as a blessing. It wasn't a fun thing for them to be beaten. Do you think it was fun for Paul to be stoned and drug out of the city? No, no. But Paul was still blessed because no matter what they do, you can kill the body, but you can't touch my soul. You can't touch my mind and my spirit. That's mine. And if it belongs to God, better than it being God, the hands of God than the hands of me anyway. And if I die here, I die. Just like uh, the words of Esther. If I die, I die. She was going in to... Uh, the king on behalf of her people, and she wasn't worried about dying. I, I, this is important enough that if I die, I die. So many times you'll look at something that doesn't feel good as a curse, and you'll look at something that makes you feel good, makes you f think you're happy as a blessing, and it's just not so, and this all plays into the programming from the brainwashing and mind control. And it's an absolute must that you recognize these things. And if you're seeking with all of your heart, just align yourself up with it. Recognize that whatever it is that came your way, whatever somebody did for you that felt good, that's a curse to you because as long as you're still slated to end up in hell, nothing here, no matter how good it feels, can be a blessing for you. You can only deceive yourself in that way. Completely agree. And I can hear the passion in your speaking that goes along with the truth of God and just very invigorating and refreshing. Actually, before settling in on this as the topic, I actually had something that came to mind before that, and it beautifully ties into this on the mindset. We had talked about this on the podcast before, and Yah taught us this as well, is that the things of God, the faith perspective, the eternal perspective is the circular. 
mindset, not a linear concept because a linear has an end. And with the blessings and curses, and you said this at the beginning, it's intended to be eternal because yes, he brought in the physical realm because they're in the physical realm, Yah's spirit coming to them saying blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. Yes. Um, there are physical blessings and physical curses. Like it says that your livestock will be, can't remember everything, but you'll livestock would get sick or diseased, or you'll get boils and all these other things in the physical. But think about the spiritual where you're thrown into the abyss, where you'll have the boils and the screaming and the burning and that. And it made me think of it's an eternal curse or an eternal blessing. The eternal blessing is the kingdom of heaven. The eternal curse is the abyss. So it's giving you a physical picture so you can understand that all these things are happening to you. And ultimately death separation from God is that, that curse that you can't, once you get in that eternal place, it's just ever increasing cursing and curses and ever increasing blessing in the kingdom of God. And we were actually walking yesterday and the scripture came to mind and the, the way Yah is teaching us to, there's certain words that we've been programmed to mean a certain thing, but it actually means another was in this scripture is quoted many times and people will use this all things work together for good but that's not what it says what it really says by the truth of god is all things work together for function for those who love god because good in the eyes of god means functional that when they said that they looked at their creation and it was good it's functional that the enemy is functional the, everything that they created is functional. It has a reason. It has a purpose. But the key is all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to their purpose. Love for God is obedience to God, full obedience, full commitment to them. So you could say it this way. All things work together for bad or dysfunction for those that hate God and are not called according to their purpose. So you have an opposite on both sides that it just speaks to if somebody were to say, well, tell me in the word of God where it says with circumcision of the heart that everything is a blessing. That's it right there. That with circumcision of the heart, fullness of faith, all things that happen to you, they all work together for good, which there is only one who is good. That is God. So all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called to their purpose, meaning, and it speaks about this in the book of Ephesians, that in Messiah, that all of we've been predestined in him for these things and in him, the preeminence of God and the creation and all the blessings. And so in Yah's eternal plan was to reconcile all those people to him in Messiah. So in him are all the, the blessings of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, all spiritual blessings are in him, all which are the eternal blessings. So the Old Testament is to teach you to be a schoolmaster, to tell you that there's blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience, find a way to be in my son, have faith in him, because this, what I'm teaching you, this law is a schoolmaster to lead you to Messiah so that you can be justified by faith. And then therefore in him, you rest, you rest from the curse of the law because the curse of the law has been nailed to the cross, the written code, which is the, the curse is ultimately the disobedience. You crucify yourself with him. 
the curse is lifted from your heart, sin is taken out of your heart, put into the body of flesh, and then therefore everything that we do is a blessing because we have mother living in our heart, the, the most precious one of God that she lives within. And with mother in your heart, how in the world can anything not be a blessing? Everything is a help. Everything is good. Everything is functional. And like you said, unless, as the warning in Hebrews, just like it gave you the physical example of Esau, uh, Jacob and Esau, where they went to Isaac and he tricked him and his blessing was taken away. And it said that he lost the blessing and he diligently sought after it, sought after repentance, but had no place for it. And then it's saying about the ground being cursed and ready to be burned. And that's what Yah was saying is that be careful that once you have the fullness of faith that you don't fall away because like it says, land that produces fruit is good. But if it produces thorns and thistles, then it's ready to be, it's, it's cursed and ready to be burned, meaning that there's no purpose for it anymore. It's not bearing fruit. So the, the warning in Hebrews is to be careful, like you said before, that make sure that once you're on the blessing side, that you don't blaspheme mother and then you end up in curses. And in the end, you just, it's just the fire and rage of God because you're, you're intentionally willfully blasphemed when you knew the truth. And therefore you go back to the, the curses side. So once you're, and we talked a little bit about this too, that when you, uh, when you're born, that you're sealed with sin and then you can't get away from it until circumcision of the heart where you're released from that. And now you can be, you can have mother live within you and you get to the point where you change sides, just like with the rich man and Lazarus, that there's a chasm there that once you die, that you're either going to be on the side of blessings or the side of, of curses. Cause think about it, the, the two thieves beside Messiah, that one was cursing him and the other was blessing him. And therefore the one that, that brought blessing that Lord, I've done all these things. You've done nothing that we deserve this. You don't. Then the other side will get me down off the cross. Why don't you're the King save us and, and save yourself. No, that's not the way. And what did he do? The one that brought blessing, you'll be with me in paradise. The other side, he didn't say, but we know from being on that side that they're not going to end up unless they, they turn in repentance that they would not end up with him in the end. So what's really speaking to me about what's been said is that it isn't about feelings. It's about what is true and what Yah has said that what Yah has put into place is it's not about feelings and emotions. It's just about what side do you fall on? And I had this thought, you have to, you have to obey God to repent because why would you repent unless, well, this is what God says. This is what I'm going to do. And you repent to God. Well, you start the journey of walking in their direction where your heart is. I'm going to be obedient to God. No matter. I know I can't do it from my heart, but I can do it from my heart, which is my mind. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to find that place of being at peace with God. Well, God makes the way to do that. They know you can't do it in heart. And that's why Messiah came because you're not capable without them in order to get sent out of your heart. So you do your part, they do theirs, and then you have the fullness of faith, and now you can come out of that tomb, and you can walk as Messiah did, and we're even called to be um, struggling and suffering. No matter, and we talked about this on a prior podcast, struggling and suffering is a part of life. So be on the side of blessing where your suffering and struggle has a reason and it has a purpose. Instead of you're on the side of it ultimately ends up for no reason. And we talked about this before. There was a book written 
about being tortured for Christ. Well, you're gonna, we're going to be persecuted for Messiah anyway, just by having true faith. Don't go somewhere and be tortured for him when ultimately you never found your place to be without sin, and then therefore you're going to suffer in the abyss, and then you had a torturous death, thinking that you were blessed, but then you end up in the abyss where you have, you could look at the opposite, you have a double curse, just like remember with uh, Job that he got a double blessing, and he was blessed twice as much. Well, think about it in our life, how much we're blessed twice. Well, think about it being cursed twice. Then not only were you tortured and you died, but then you end up end up in hell because the message that I was preaching wasn't, I wasn't being tortured for Christ. I was being tortured for the enemy. And therefore I get a double curse because now I lose everything I had. And now I've got the curse of being in the abyss forever. That just came to mind of, and what was it? Elijah, I think that, that he had, or Elisha that asked that he received a double blessing, something like that. But it made me think of, wow, a double curse because you lose your life, you lose your very soul in, in this predicament. So this is an important thing that just reiterate again, that just because it feels good does not mean it's from God. I'm not saying that things from God wouldn't feel good, which doing what is right does feel good. But if you just base it on just feeling good, don't do that because even we have several examples of the prophets that they had a lot of things of struggle side for a certain amount of days and making uh, bricks for the fire from human excrement. And even Elijah, that he was out in the wilderness and had ravens come and feed him, but God commanded the ravens to feed him, that he was out by a brook. And there was a, from I remember, there was a drought, but he had a stream that he was able to drink from. So God will provide what you need, but look at Messiah and his death. Does That's not a feel-good situation, but look on the function side and from what he went through of how it brought the opportunity for eternal life in him, that what a great blessing that people that believe in him can have eternal life, can walk into the kingdom and live there eternal. So, but the circular aspect of this is that the blessings and curses are intended to be eternal. And on this side of being in the kingdom that you can live without sin and living without sin is a blessing that it's a blessing to rest from a guilty conscience. And yes, we still struggle with the body of flesh, but not having that condemnation, not having that guilty conscience is such a rest to not deal with that. And instead of dealing with from the other side of the curse of being under the law, because being under the law, it says you're under a curse because you can't be righteous before God with sin in your heart. And the law is there to remind you that you're a lawbreaker until you get to the point where the spirit of the law is written in your heart and you live by obedience to God that then you overcome and now you can live and walk with Yah in the cool of the day. You can have conversational relationship with Yah. You can have better conversation with the believers and and have those things happen. So yeah, all in all, this is a great, Great teaching by Yah, just to bring her up and understand. It's important to understand that as you were talking, this just getting this information from Mother, and it makes perfect sense, and I'll explain after I say it, that blessings and curses are not of this world. Now, 
I'll explain because, oh, God says you'll get blessings for this and curses for that. So they got to be a part of this world. They're not. Okay. And I'll explain. They are, but they're not. (laughs) Okay. The blessing and the curse are not of this world. And what that means is it's eternal. Okay. Your curse is the abyss. The blessing is the kingdom of God. When you are on one side or the other, then everything that happens in your life falls in line with that curse. So curses for those who disobey is just an aspect of the eternal because you're going to be in the abyss that no matter what happens in your life, no matter how it feels, it's a, it's a curse to you, but the curse is not because of the thing that's happening in your life. It's because the decision that you made to disobey God or the decision to obey God. And when you obey God, then you have the blessing. And that means that you're now on the side of blessings so that everything that happens in your life residually is a blessing. So you have blessings, but those blessings aren't possible without the uh, eternal perspective. Same with the curses. So I was just, uh, as you were talking, that information was given to me and it makes perfect sense that because the uh, curse is for the eternal, when you curse somebody, uh, are you just wanting to curse them for a few moments and then no, when people curse other people with that intention of it being a curse, they intended to be eternal. That uh, you, you're going to go to hell or whatever it is. They, they intended to be eternal because why? Because innately within them, they know that a curse is eternal and a blessing is eternal. But because of the programming, because how sly and sneaky the enemy is, he's used this programming over many, 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 many years to distort people and get them to think that, well, blessing is about a feeling and a curse is about a feeling. No, it's about a position and a condition of your life that either you are in curses because you are in condemnation or you are in blessing because you are in salvation. And if you, at any point in your life, sit there and can sit there and try to bounce back and forth like you're tossed back and forth of one tossed by the waves, you don't have faith in God. And I don't say this to shame somebody. I shame this. I say this so people will open up their eyes, the eyes of their heart, and see the reality of truth and then move towards a blessing. It doesn't matter what happens to me in my life. See, that's the beauty part, because the blessing for me is I'm going to be in the kingdom with God. That's my blessing. So whatever comes my way here, whatever my lot and my portion is here, I consider that a blessing from God, even when my life departs this life. We have people depart this life and people are crying and upset and especially like you'll have people who are quote unquote in a church, they're in a church and 
somebody passes away and they're just, oh my gosh, this is just so tragic and it's so bad for the family. And what, what can we do for the family? And it's like, wait a minute, this person was in church. And, and, and by your profession, they're, they're in the kingdom. You say they're with Jesus now. So why is that a tragedy? Why, why is that a curse? Because you know, you know that there are blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. And you know that person didn't follow the blessing perspective and their curse, but you want to convince yourself of it. Another interesting thing is that, and this goes again with the psychology of the mind, that the more somebody verbalizes, always blessed, always blessed, have a blessed day, always blessed. The more somebody verbalizes that, the more they're trying to convince themselves and other people that they have something that they don't have. When did Messiah, in his faith walk that we see in Scripture, when did he ever profess to others, always blessed? Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed all the time. Yeah, I'm the son of man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed all the time. No, he didn't say it even once. Why? Because he knew it. He knew it. And because he knew it, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to convince you. If you ask me, are you blessed? I most certainly am. You, you want to call a curse on me? I don't care. You can try. But you can't change what my mind is set in. Only I can do that. Only I can choose after being cursed, coming to the blessing side, I can choose to leave that again, but I leave that eternally. I, I cannot go back to it. I'll take it back to the New Testament. And it does, well, I do the opposite, but it doesn't say this. Cursed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. Cursed are the meek, for they shall, cursed are the people. No, blessed, notice it because, meaning that the blessed means that when you live that and you die in that in the kingdom, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It just came to mind that he didn't say cursed. No, because this this is the godly living, that this is the the truth of God. And we had talked about this before. You go through what's referred to as the B attitudes. It walks you through the gospel message from beginning to end that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. Why? Because it's eternal. It, that's what it's talking about, that you're, you want to be, you want to fall under the blessing. Messiah, look at his life. Walk as he did. Look at the Old Testament. Walk as the prophets did. Abraham, all the examples are there of blessings. And Job, well, yeah, Job struggled with his humanness of, well, God, I've got answers and you're going to answer me. And God says, Job, the, just know who we are and know who you are. And look what happened. We could say, well, Job, he lost all of his family in a day. He lost his cattle. He had boils all over his body. He was sitting on the ground with the shell, scraping his sores and things. And his wife would just curse God and die. No, I'm not going to curse God. I'm going to bless God because 
God brings into the world and God takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to curse God. Remember, that was the sticking point with the enemy with God. That, yeah, skin for skin, you strike his bone and then he'll curse you because he knows if you curse God, that's blasphemy. And you're you're going to be out of the, the blessing side because remember that hedge was around his protection and I will take it away. But don't do this. Don't take his life. Don't lay a hand on the man or don't take his life. But you can do these things. And what happened? God says, Job, be careful. I repent. Right. And then what happened? Oh, he was cursed after that note said he got like a double. He was more blessed than before. And what a beautiful picture to show the physical of how are we blessed even as we could look at it as double is the kingdom of heaven. What a blessing as opposed to walking without sin on, on this earth. But then you even get the double portion where you get the kingdom of heaven as well. So all these teachings of God in the Bible, it points you to the eternal aspect of you've got to be at a point where somebody's going to say, well, just, just give up on this stuff. You're, you're struggling and just, just get away from this and everything will end. No, I'm not. You don't understand that if I do that, it's going to be even worse than it was before. If that were to happen, no, blessed be the name of the Lord. God knows what they're doing. If I'm going to sit here scraping boils with seashells or I'm going to lose everything, that what I'm getting from this is it doesn't matter what happens to me. It matters as being obedient to God. And God looks at that and says, have you considered my servant? Because I'm confident he's not going to curse my name. I didn't say that he wouldn't struggle. I didn't say that he wouldn't question. I said, I'm confident he won't curse me. And y'all looks at us as the same way as that. We're confident that you're not going to curse my name. Now you still have free will, but we're confident that you won't do that. But it's the same way. I could just see the enemy going, well, just put this on Phil or Sean or somebody and just let them, they'll fail when you do that. And God says, no, they won't curse me. That though with their programming and their lower conscience that they don't see, they'll, they'll struggle and they'll, they'll cry and they'll have moments of weakness. But no, they'll, they'll come through it. And that's the confidence God has in his believers, those in faith. But I just, uh, that came to mind with Job of that aspect of all these stories in the Old Testament. There's so many great lessons and all these things. So with that story of Job, okay. You so must've got more information. Uh, I did. As you were talking, it, it gives us more understanding and the aspect that it says that Job was more blessed in the second part of his life than he was the first part of his life. Okay. Now I'm going to give a practical understanding of that so that we can see how by faith you are blessed more in the later part of your life than in the beginning part. Okay. So watch this. So in the beginning part of my life in this world, everything that happened to me was curses everything. So I might've seen some things and th thought they were blessings, but the tragedy, the trauma, the, the things that happened along the way that I let hurt me were curses to me. Okay. So now I have circumcision of the heart. Okay. So everything that happens to me from that point of circumcision of the heart forward is a blessing to me. Well, guess what? The double portion is that now everything that happened to me in the past is a blessing. So now I get a double portion of that blessing because I not only get blessed now and here forward, 
but I get the double portion of the blessing because everything that happened to me in the past, I use that and see it as a blessing, and therefore, I'm able to have that double portion. And God may have given him more riches than he had in the beginning, and I, uh, but the aspect of the blessings being uh, moreover like that come because of you what you saw as curses in your life. Now you no longer see as curses, so you pick that up because you're right. Job didn't curse God, and here's the interesting thing about it is it's the attitude of your heart. Okay, let me make this statement. Okay, we know that Job's wife said, "Curse God and die." Okay, well, it's an impossibility for human to actually curse God. Now, they can have the intention of curse for God, that they would be eternally damned or eternally condemned. But God cannot be cursed. They're they're a perfect being, and because they're a perfect being, they cannot be cursed. So it would have been the attitude of the heart of Job that would show God whether he uh, was going to get blessings or curses because the attitude of his heart was never. I'll never bless God because naked I came into this world, naked I will leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So he showed the attitude of his heart. The enemy knew that he couldn't curse God. Job couldn't curse God any more than the enemy could curse God. The only thing he could do was if Job cursed God, look at Job and say, gotcha, gotcha. Aside from that, the enemy can't curse God. You certainly as a human can't curse God, and neither can I. So it's not about the actual cursing because we don't have the authority to bless or curse somebody. It's the attitude of your heart, and this is why in the New Testament when it says, Bless your enemies and don't curse. Okay? Why? Because your mindset is, oh, God, I want you to bless this person that's coming at me. I want you to bless them. Okay? That has nothing to do with whether they'll be blessed or not. Whether they'll be blessed or not will be determined by their choice for God. What God wants to see in that is are you going to be obedient to what the Word says to, to call out blessing on them, that you call out a blessing on that person. God, bless this person. Well, I know that no matter what somebody does to me, and I walk in and I believe in that concept of my heart is no, I want them to be blessed because for them to be blessed, that means they have eternal salvation. And God allowed me to have that. I want them to have that. So why would I want them to be cursed? It shows the attitude of my heart is right with God when I don't put a curse or try to curse others. Rather, I know God bless them. But God is not going to unless they fall in line with whichever side of what Deuteronomy said. Either you're going to be obedient to me, not me, but God, and you're going to get the blessing 
or you're going to be disobedient and you're going to get the curse. And I don't care what feel good that you get in your life. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's financial gain, houses, cars, just a real good feeling. Everybody's throwing parties for you uh, seven days a week because they're just pumping you up. You're the greatest in the end. If you're not walking in obedience to God, you're cursed. And that curse is eternal burning. There's no purgatory. You go here and you wait for a little while. And then eventually you'll get into the kingdom. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Either you were obedient to God or you were disobedient. And this is why we talk about not having sin. Because if you profess that you've sinned, then you're not being obedient to God because sin is disobedient. The Bible says that. Sin is disobedience. So if you can say, oh, yeah, I, 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 I sin. I just got to ask God for forgiveness. You're still on the side of curses. You, you must find that place of transformation to be able to be truly blessed so that no matter what comes your way, it's for us to say, you know what? I'm going to find good in everything that happens to me, regardless of what it is. That That's the fact of it. Well, I'm, with the scripture that you were mentioning, uh, just took me back to in Peter, that it says, don't return the cursing for cursing. Don't return the other person because return it with blessing because you were called to inherit a blessing. And that's the thing that if, do you believe in my son? Then my son said, I'll tell you this, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that if somebody does something to you, forgive them, love your enemies. Well, and that shows belief in my son that if you're willing to love your enemies and do good to those who curse you and do all kinds of harm to you, why? Because you were an enemy of God and Yah was your enemy as well until you turned. And what did Yah do? That they're willing to give you a blessing even though you were an enemy of theirs. So it's just a deeper understanding of that concept is that we're called to a higher calling, which is the godly calling, which is to walk as the son of God, Yeshua did. And he's the example. So he didn't return curse for curse. He returned with blessing that, and the blessing was father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If anybody you would think has an authority to, Hey, you're, I'm innocent and you need to stop what you're doing. But he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So that, cause he knew that that was his father and mother's will was to walk like that for a time. Now, when he returns in his kingdom reign for a thousand years, it's not going to be that feel good and, and make, it's going to be matter of fact, and you will do this or else I'm going to rule with that iron scepter. But this is this aspect of the um, curses and blessings is that and even going back to Job is that there, you're either on one side or the other. It isn't that God wakes up one day and says, all right, well, you're on this side or you're on this side because you did this, you did that. It's, it's set. And the word of God tells you that obey and live or disobey and die. So why would the message not be get away from sin or something worse is going to happen to you? Because the worst that's going to happen is that eternal curse of being in the abyss forever. 
So find your way to get away from sin. And we talked about this recently too. How do you know the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil? The children of God do not continue to sin. Don't sin anymore. The children of the devil keep on sinning. Why? Because the devil is under a curse. Because he it says that he was cursed and he remains under that curse. And you're under sin. You're under a curse. So no matter what you feel, what you do, you can't escape it until the fullness of faith where you're released from that curse. And then you can now live on the blessing side. And that's just encouraging just to have that mindset that everything that comes our way now is blessing, no matter what it feels, no matter what happens, even when we die, that our life is secured in the strong tower. So even when you die, you still live forever because Messiah even said that those that are in me will never die, meaning that you won't have any part of the second death. You won't die eternal. You will live eternal. So what can man do to us? What kind of beating, what kind of name calling, what kind of discrediting could someone do to us and say, all right, well, that did it. It's over. No, because we have Yah's protection. And in Yah's hands, I don't care what anybody would want to do. If somebody pulls a gun on us, the gun's not going to work. If they pull a knife, anything could happen, whatever it is. If it's not our time to go, we're not going to go. Now, when it is our time to go, that's another story. But with Yah's protection, I even had something recently where I'd asked Yah, and I was like, I'm going to send this out, but if you want something different, just make it clear. And I attempted to send that text message three or four times, and every single time I sent it, you know, an error, no network issue. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to hold off, and then found out that Yah had something else in mind. So I was like, wow, so you have the power to even stop a text message or an email or a phone call from going through. So that was a great lesson of, wow, you do make it clear what you wanted in that. Cause in my mind, I thought, well, they'll just tell me, but they did tell me it was just, instead of I'm telling you by you, you see how all of a sudden your phone with what you don't understand, isn't working. Like I was like, why is this not going through? This is odd. Reset the phone, same thing. And then when I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. And then what do you know? Just a little bit later phones working fine, no issues, anything like that. So just encourage those that are listening out there that, as we've said this before, when you're listening to what we're saying, wait against the word of God and look into it, seek it with all your heart. And you'll see that it's there. Even open up Deuteronomy 28 and y'all list in there. I said before you blessings and curses. And even y'all saying that choose life, you know, it'll be better for you that I set these things before you, but I have plans to prosper you and to bless you. So make sure you're diligent and find that place where you have the blessings of God. And the reality is that nobody in this life has the actual power to bless or curse anybody. All you can do is show the attitude of your heart. It's the whole concept of forgiveness that the forgiveness, if you truly forgive somebody, Bless them. Father, bless them, for they know not what they do. That you forgive them, then you have an attitude of forgiveness. Now, they can't, you can't forgive them for the sin that they committed. You can only do your part of what God asked you to is to forgive them. That means, God, I don't hold anything against them. I, I forgive them. They're not forgiven. 
Because in order for them to be forgiven, yeah, they may have repented to you. And more than likely, if they've repented to you, then they have a heart condition to repent to God anyway. More than likely, they've already repented to God, and that's why they're repenting to you. Uh, So it's an absolute impossibility for anybody to curse you or to bless you. You know, you you have this uh, in this world, uh, what they call voodoo and, you know, voodoo dolls. And I'm going to, you know, put a curse on you and all this hocus pocus with the chicken's blood and all that. And it's like, you can do all that. You can play that act, but you can't curse me. I have the fullness of faith in God. It is an impossibility for anybody to curse me while I remain in this condition. Now, if like Hebrews, I fall away from it. Now I will get the curse, but it won't be by people in the world. It'll be from Yah because the blessings come from Yah and the curses come from Yah. And which side you fall on is determined by your choices that you make. And when you can recognize in your life that you feel that you have curses, you know that's telling you that there's a problem with your faith because just like we talk about, this faith is taught in this day and age for people to be wishy-washy about it. Well, I'm not not really sure if I'm saved. And well, did you accept Jesus, Lord and Savior? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's it. That's that, that's what you have to do. And and it's like, no. First off, this faith takes work, and not just simple work. It, it, it takes work. And then once you have circumcision of the heart, we're continually working on cleaning up the subconscious, getting rid of the things that we let programmed in there from before. And with blessings and with curses, somebody can tell you and say, I curse you. If you have true faith in God, you just ignore it. You, You don't have to say anything to them about it. You don't have to acknowledge it. Because they can't. All they can do is show what's in their heart, and what's in their heart will be relayed to God, and God will return their either blessings or curses determined by what's in their heart. This just came to mind with this is that it comes from an authority perspective. Yah has the authority to do the blessing and cursing, and I just had this come to mind with Messiah's teaching. And people misunderstand this, that Messiah doesn't mean that you don't judge. He's saying, be careful to bring judgments, because think about a judgment would be a curse or a blessing, like it's in my father's hands to determine, all right, this is the final judgment that I have the authority to put you here, put you there. So if we judge in every single thing we do in life. We judge all the time. We make discernments all the time. So it's not saying don't judge. He's saying be careful because be careful calling somebody a fool or, or something like that because you're in danger because you're putting yourself in a position to put a curse or a blessing on somebody. That's not your role. Yours is, is to understand who you are before God and let the curses and the blessings be in Yah's hands because they're fair and just. And it just came to mind that Yah says be holy for I am holy. Well, 
if you're walking as Yah, then you're holy. You're on the side of blessing. If you walk the opposite of God, which is disobedience, which is sin, then you fall under the curse anyway. And it makes sense when Messiah says that if you don't believe in the Son, you're under condemnation already. Why? Because you didn't choose obedience to God. You chose disobedience. So therefore, I don't need to curse you or condemn you. You're already in that place of condemnation anyway, because if you don't believe in the Son, you're under the place of curses, which is condemnation. And what happens to a house that's condemned? Oh, well, they'll just rebuild it. No, it means it's it's awaiting destruction to be torn down. And that's the thing, that you're in a place of curses where you're just waiting to be destroyed. So find the place of blessing, not what you think blessing is, by your programming, your Christianity, whatever religion it is, but find the true blessing, which is true faith in God, faith in Messiah, where everything is a blessing and you can enjoy life no matter what, because the the same struggles and sufferings everybody's going to have, but on the blessing side, let it be a functional reason for the struggle, which makes sense instead of arguing and complaining and missing out on joy in your life because you think that somebody's, you know, cursing you and, and somebody's doing this to me. No. And that's another way to remove excuses. Y'all cannot be mocked because, well, yeah, they did this or they did that. And y'all will say, no. Did you choose obedience? Did you choose disobedience? Then you fall under the curse of the blessing. It was your choice. It's not us. Don't put the blame on us. It was on you. Everything that you chose to do was your choice. And that's just another beautiful thing of Yah teaching us to remove excuses is that you can't blame anybody else for where you end up because it was your choice that you chose the comfort of sin, which brings curses, instead of the struggle and suffering to walk the narrow path, which brings the ultimate blessing. So it's up to each person, their free will choice on where you fall. So there is no blame for God in this. Right. And you do have the power of something in this life. And that is by your part, you can uh, help to ease the burden of somebody. So, and what I mean by that is that you can be mean and nasty and hateful to somebody. Okay. And it's still up to them. If they don't let it bother them, then you can't, you're being mean, nasty, and hateful doesn't do anything to them, but it does it to you. But as believers, our objective goal should to be to, to treat each other with respect and work towards doing things that are favorable rather than trying to bring uh, our own form of tragedy and trauma on somebody else. And People do this without intention of it. It's not like they're thinking about, yeah, I'm going to make your life hard. But because you work and you operate from a selfish perspective, uh, we just had that podcast uh, talking about men and uh, their responsibility that, uh, man, do your best to help your wife that make it pleasing for her. And the same thing, wife, do the same thing for your husband. Now, you're not going to bless them or curse them, but you're going to work in accordance of unity that God laid out from the beginning 
So stop letting the selfish things that bother you that somebody else does be the thing that drives a wedge between you instead of, no, I'm blessed anyway. And so for my wife, I'm going to make sure her life is as smooth as I can make it. I don't care how smooth that I line up to uh, for my wife, which I do to the best of my ability. There's still going to be tragedy and trauma that comes in her life. It's not going to come from me if I can help it. But too many times, spouses are the I uh, are, are part of the tragedy and trauma that happened to somebody, and it just makes it harder because if I'm being nice to you and doing what's best for all of us and, and doing it because it's right, not because of selfishness, then that makes it easier for you to do the same thing. And we work unified together. What do I have against you? And what should I have against you? And even if I were to see something, hey, Sean, you don't see this. I don't have that against you. It would be, wow, I have that same issue. Let me deal with that in myself first. And then I'll go to Sean and I'll talk to him and see uh, if I can help him in it. And that's the whole objective that both parties should try to be the helpmate for their, they, uh, the other one to help them to be able to live the godly life with ease. A, a woman who chooses she's going to submit to her husband, regardless of, of his position with God, because she finds favor in God and she's trusting God that God's going to take care of it, then she does that part. And if the, the believing husband is loving her like Christ loved the church, then he's not going to be doing things against her that because of his own selfishness and therefore both have a great ability to live together more peaceful than to live a divided life when you're all dealing with selfishness and all those things. And so you can attempt to make somebody's life miserable and they can allow you to make their life miserable, but they're allowing it. You can't, if they don't accept it, they're going to ignore it and nothing you say will bother them. Now that's the objective goal of what we should be is that should be our mindset is no, I'm not here to please you. If you don't like what I'm saying or you don't like what I'm doing, not my problem. If you want to strike me for it, God, it's in your hands. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take vengeance that that's not for me. That's yours. I trust you because eventually, you know, we're going to die. God's not going to spare us death. The Bible says a man's uh, dest he's born and then he's destined for two things, death and judgment. So it's a fact. Once you're born into this life, you're going to die. So just because you die, that's not a curse. It's when you die without the fullness of faith in God that get away from me. Get away from me, you who are cursed. You, you didn't walk obedience to God. You were lawless. And anybody, I promise you that if you can see sin in your life, you are still under a curse, no matter how good things feel in your life. And you know it because eventually you have those times where it's just you 
and you're in the dark or you're in the, the, the lonely place and the thoughts, thoughts start going through your mind. Well, am I really saved? You know, I, I know I'm not supposed to be doing these things, but I don't know how to get away from it. And the Bible tells you how to get away from it. Well, I was just, with what you said, I was thinking along the same lines at the great white throne judgment. What is the dividing line between the blessing and curses? Messiah is there and get away from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And the same thing with the sheep and the goats. Cursed are you on this side because you didn't do all these things and then blessed are you. And they'll say, well, when did we not visit you in prison? When did we not do these things? Well, if you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it for me. So you're cursed. And then the opposite side on the other. So that's the, that, that just came out in my mind that that's the, that's the last ditch from the lower conscience of no, no Lord did not like you're doing anything just to plead for your life. And he just matter of fact, you who practice lawlessness. So a lawless person is somebody that's in sin. A lawful person means you don't sin. So therefore that's the dividing line on both sides. So that's why Messiah came was to destroy the enemy's work. The enemy's work is to have people sin and stay in it because they are cursed just like he's cursed. So I'm going to take as many with the abyss with me because you stay on that cursed side. You're going to end up with me and, and as many people as I can get away from God, I'm going to take with me. But that, that dividing line, because when did the curse come from Yah in the beginning? We don't hear anything about curses until they disobeyed God. Then the curses came into being. And we know that Yah knew ahead of time that, there was going to be blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. This wasn't a surprise. This was part of the plan that they knew that that was the, the part of having the enemy around was to, you're going to come to them to, so they make a choice and they're going to choose to sin because when you eat of it, as Yah said, then this is what's going to happen. But, Oh, look at this. I'm going to deceive you because you didn't die. You see, you didn't die. You're still here. But no, it's an eternal perspective. That's the curse is the curse is eternal death that was put in place. And that, that just came to mind. That just shows that just to go with what Yah's teaching is that they are from the eternal perspective because they didn't eternally die yet, but they were under the curse that your ultimate end will be there. Because I remember we had this question come up about hell that, well, hell isn't talked about in the Old Testament. Well, it is. It's just from the physical perspective because death is that's the thing. Hell is the eternal death where you have death in the old Testament, which that is the picture of hell, but it's from a physical perspective getting swallowed up in the earth. Well, the abyss you're, you're thrown into the abyss and you're swallowed up and there's no escape from it. So it's a similar perspective, but it just even speaks to me again about the old Testament and the new that where the curses and the blessings mentioned it's in the old Testament. And Messiah mentions the, these teachings, but you have to walk through the old in order to, to have the new because Messiah is a mediator, the mediator of a new covenant, which the covenant was made, but was broken by the people. So what does Messiah do? He's there to renew the covenant that was already made because Yah did not break the covenant. The people did. So how can I be the mediator to have an agreement to where we can be in agreement again? You know, father and mother, Abba and Ima, I'm willing to give my life to be the mediator here to where you can be in covenant again with your people from an eternal perspective because they broke your law because they're a flesh. 
but how can we be in a covenant of a spiritual eternal aspect? Let it be with my blood. And obviously this was Abba and Ema's plan, but let it be my blood that will renew the covenant that was made to reconcile that the people disobeyed because that was Yah's, um, it was their desire because they wanted to be in covenant with their people, but because of sin that they couldn't be, that they broke it. But my son is going to come so that now we can have a renewed covenant that's eternal, that will be last forever so that I can be in covenant with my people and they can be without sin and then they can live with me forever in the kingdom. Well, it's interesting because along with the gospel message of what we talked about and how you have to see God as a terror, unfortunately, people aren't taught to be able to see the curse that they're under because they're told that, well, you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, so you're blessed. And many people will profess that. Oh, oh, I'm saved. I'm blessed. I'm saved. I'm blessed. And the reality is, is that, no, the, the, the whole reason it talks about blessings and curses in the Old Testament is because you have to recognize that you, you are cursed for disobedience. And then you recognize that everything you do is disobedience. You, you can't do it right. And that's what allows you to see God as a terror because they're going to call you on it and you're going to be cursed by them. And that's where you have the opportunity to surrender, to believe, to believe them and then to move to believe in them. Uh, this also will bring a good clarification to a scripture that is misused, abused, uh, used uh, in many different ways that it wasn't intended. And it's the scripture from Jeremiah, I, I believe it's twenty nine eleven. You had m- made mention to it earlier. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for hope in the future. That's exactly what uh, Yah said in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessings for obedience. Now, too many people have misconstrued that and twisted it to think that, well, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. It's God's plan. It's God's plan because it says, I have a plan for you. And the plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. So whatever's happening in your life, it's good and it's okay. But the problem is, is that no, when you're on the curse side, it's not good for you. Even if it feels good, it's not good for you. And God's not saying, for I know the plans that I am going to carry out with you, that you don't have a choice. This is the way it's going to happen. The end of it. No, the plans to prosper you and harm you or not harm you and give you a hope in the future is all based in your fullness of faith and circumcision of the heart. When you have circumcision of the heart, when you have the fullness of it, then the plans of God, you will prosper and not be harmed. You will have hope for your future. You won't have doubt. You won't say, well, yeah, I have my hopes in God. God I, I accepted Jesus and my hopes in God. And then later on be questioning, you know, well, am I supposed to be doing these things? And because I promise you this faith that we talk about that we're walking in is a faith that's intended for you to know it. You, you, you must know the faith that you have. And if you don't, you're just one being tossed back and forth by the waves and who in that condition thinks they will receive anything from God. And so that scripture, and I've seen it when, when 
my niece was I uh, had died of cancer and I uh, other my brothers going to her dad telling him that oh it's it's for I, God says for I know the plans I have for you that plans to prosper you and not to harm you these this this plan you know it's you may not understand but this is the plan of god it's like no it's not they, they because when you tell somebody that you you're telling him that so you're telling me god killed my daughter for a reason far be it for me to make that decision to tell somebody that but they think they're doing good they they we, you call them do gooders they think they're doing good, but they're doing more harm because they're misusing and abusing the scripture in order to try to make somebody else feel good because it makes them feel good. Well, I feel bad if you feel bad, so I'm going to try to make you feel good, so I'm going to misuse this scripture and tell you that God has these plans for you and it's going to happen and whatever happens, that's God's plan, so suck it up, be good with it, it's okay. No, no, only when you have the fullness of faith. When you can see everything in your life as a blessing and you have no curses, that's when you know you have it. When you don't question anymore because you have the confidence of knowing of what you have. And we've said this before. With the aspect of Christianity, we've walked that. We've been there. We did the whole accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and then went into the questioning of, well, am I really saved? And the Bible says this, but I'm not doing that. And, well, yeah, well, they say I am, so I must be. And and then you go through that wishy-washy, waving back and forth. And I can tell you that since circumcision of the heart, five years, not a single question, not a single uh, thought of, well, is this really right? No, I know it's right. I know it's the right thing, and it's right because there's no question about it. And you'll know if you're seeking God with all of your heart, you'll know when you start to question it. And when you do, my hope is that if you've heard this podcast, that this will come to your mind, and you'll be like, you know what? There's got to be more to it. The Bible says it, and I believe the Bible, not what man says. And I'm going to I'm going to seek this out with all of my heart. I want to know the truth. I'm going to figure it out. That's what my hope is, because that's what we're here for. Anybody who doesn't want to hear this, who wants to argue with it, don't listen to it. Set it aside. We're not talking to you. We're talking to the one who wants to know the truth, who wants to have the blessings in their life and everything will be a blessing. And don't get me wrong. When you first have circumcision of the heart because of the programming we've had, it takes you a little while to recognize the blessings that you have. But it's a must that you learn it, and it's it's huge that we're able to talk about it to let people know the difference between what a blessing and a curse is and that it's your choice. And when you're on one side, you're fully blessed no matter what the situation, no matter what the tragedy, the trauma, the struggling, the suffering, it doesn't matter. It's still a blessing. And when you can see it as a blessing, then you rejoice because you found worthy from Messiah. Well, and it just gives you more and more an attitude or and not only the attitude will come from the, the mindset, but the peace, because no matter what comes, it doesn't matter because it's all blessing. It's all working together for function. It doesn't say that it's going to feel good all the time. It doesn't say you're going to be bubbling, happy, blowing bubbles on the side of the road, kind of happy. It just means 
contentment that no matter what happens, like the word says in perils and beatings and things, can anything separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah? Nothing. So we're walking the same path as Messiah, John the Baptist, Abraham, Paul, Titus, Bartholomew, you know, Matthew, Luke, all the, the followers of Messiah that we're walking that life. And even Messiah, the son of man has no place to lay his head. He's not walking around bubbly happy all the time, but in his mind and heart, that contentment, that knowing that peace that's beyond all understanding of knowing the truth, that's where the contentment is knowing what you have. And we were talking about this yesterday, that the more I or you or anybody else try to convince somebody of how happy you are, are you really that happy? Or you're, and you're shaking your head, no, but we know that, yeah, because if you're truly happy, you know, like this song, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. It'd be funny if it's like, if you're happy and you know it, then you just don't do anything. Because think about it, if you're happy and you know it, I don't need to clap my hands. But if I'm not happy and I want to be happy, I'm going to clap my hands to make myself feel happy. And we had talked about this yesterday, that where in the Bible does it say anything about faith is about feeling good and faith is about being happy? But you will be happy when you walk in the truth. You will be content. But there is no... Even this, do, do we see Messiah make this statement, God loves you, out of his mouth. But in his actions, yes, God is love. It's just there's a lot of things that we'll say, and we put it on God, and God said, and, and, and Messiah said this and that, and no, they didn't say it. And let your saying be in your actions. We talked about this here recently on Saturday, that let your what you say be what you do. Then if something comes out of your mouth, then it'll be okay. And it, it makes sense that when the inside of the dish is clean, the outside will be also. So when you are living this faith right, what you say will be clean also. But what is more important is what you do, because just like Gandhi saw, you're Christ I like. Why? Because what he does, he says as well, but it's the Christians I don't like because you don't do what he did, but you say things that he said. But that's the thing. People will know that we're the children of God and that we love God by what we do, not by what we say. But whatever we do say, as long as it lines up with the truth of God, then yes, we like we're saying a lot of things right now. But far be it from us if we're not doing what we're saying then we're going to stop saying it and make a correction because that's where the hypocrisy lies is people see in actions. I don't care what you say out of your mouth. I'm watching you and I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm not believing a word you're saying. I don't care what you tell me, but what they do is they, they'll use that smooth talk and well, I'll, I'll just say it a certain way or get you to do this, but I'm no, I'm watching you and you're doing opposite of what you're saying. No credibility. Absolutely none. And that's why Messiah had authority because the people, what he said was true and he lived it. And that's what gave him the authority was, I know this is true and I'm living it. I have a passion for it. And therefore, yeah, I'm going to get heated in the temple because my father's house is a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves and there is no thievery in the house of God. Get out. It wasn't like that he was taking a personal shot and just shoving people and being rude. No, it's just, there's no place for this here. And then he left it alone. He didn't go back and say, yeah, that's right. I'm the son of God. You watch me. I'm, I do what I want. No, he just 
moved on and moved out. And so this is just another aspect of just greater understanding of things that we've been programmed in or people can have enlightenment on how they've been programmed with blessings and curses that even tomorrow having this on your mind, somebody sneezes. Oh, wow. I don't need to say anything because I can't bless them anyway. There's, there's nothing that I could do to this person. And that's standing out to me as well with the blessings and curses part is that it doesn't matter what you say to somebody, like I'm going to call down a blessing from heaven or I'm going to call down a, a, a curse from hell. What authority? No person has authority to bring anything out of the abyss or put anybody in the abyss or call a blessing from heaven. And what authority? Are you the son of God that you could just call a blessing from heaven or, or whatever? But a lot, a lot of this is just the programming that it's just, it's up to people that do you want to get away from this programming and make a change or do you want to stay where you are? And as we look at it, when you're talking about the saying something, do you know what comes out of your mouth only amounts to 10%? And I'll explain. Okay. What comes out of your mouth only amounts to 10%. Why? Because 90% of your communication is body language. So what it's saying is that you can talk a good game. You could say all these things you're going to do and how great it is and whatever it is you're going to do. That only amounts to 10%. And 10% is squat. It's nothing. You're not going to get anywhere with 10%. When you take the 90% and do the 90%, you don't have to say a single word. That 10% can sit on the shelf. Because your actions, your body language, how your demeanor is, will speak for itself. You claim you have faith in God, but you feel like you're allowed to get mad at people or frustrated or condemn people to hell or all these various different things that people do where they claim faith in God. And then, well, it's okay to do this. Uh, you feel like you're, you're justified to do it. That's what we call self-righteousness. When you're self-righteous, 90% of what you, what you try to communicate will be with your mouth, but it's still only 10%, meaning that you won't fill the 90%. You'll fill the 10%, maybe even to 110% of that 10%. You'll fill it, but it still means nothing without the other 90%. The objective goal is make sure you do the 90% first and then it gives you the authority to speak. But even at that, you'll keep quiet. Messiah, in his silence, spoke more words than what he spoke out loud. And he spoke a lot of things out loud, but the way he handled every situation, the way his demeanor was and what he did and how he obeyed God and the whole thing, that showed in his life. And that's what, that's what frustrated the Pharisees and the Sadducees that much more because he was doing what he said he was going to do. He wouldn't tell you to do something and then him, him, he himself not do it. 
He wouldn't tell you something that's an impossible task. If he tells you, go and sin no more, then there's a place you can find that you sin no more. But you have to find that place, and it takes work to get there. We know that. This is not a uh, journey that is for the the faint at heart. This is not a journey for somebody who's just wishy-washy and, well, maybe here or maybe there. No, it takes grit, determination, and uh, desire that I'm going to figure this out. And then you walk in the truth of what the word says, and you'll figure it out because God fulfills his promises as you fulfill the stipulations. And if you haven't seen a promise of God fulfilled, then you haven't fulfilled the stipulation. If you question your salvation, you haven't fulfilled the stipulation. You haven't gone far enough. And I think it's great that uh, Christianity Christianity brings an aspect of understanding that there's a son of God. I, 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 don't, I don't fault them for that at all. What I fault them for is not teaching the truth of what the son of God said and did and expected. And then many people are believing the lie. They're not doing it intentionally. What's being taught in Christianity has been programmed over years and years. And you can tell that people know that there's something wrong with this programming, but we don't change it enough. We just change it a little bit. And it started way back when the Catholic Church decided they were going to profess that the church started in Rome. And they, they put Peter as the, uh, as the beginning, the, the first pope of the Roman church, or the Roman Catholic Church. First off, the Romans were not, um, they were not Jewish. They were Gentiles. And the Bible makes it clear. Peter was a minister to who? The Jews. Not the Gentiles. Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Paul was the one who took the message of the gospel to Rome. Not Peter. And the church didn't start in Rome. The church started in Jerusalem with the Jews, not with the Romans. So how do we get this twisted idea that the Roman Catholic Church is the beginning of it? But then you have Martin Luther comes along and, well, you know, all this stuff about the Catholic Church is good and except for this and this and this and this. And so then he operates the church in a very similar form that the Catholics do with some variations. And then somebody else comes along and says, well, you know, I see that that this isn't exactly right. There's something else. So we take that and we mirror that and then we change it. And then as time went on, you have it broken down all the way to the non-denominational and even the non-denominationals as this goes on is going to continue to split and divide. And why? Because, well, there's something, there's something. And here's what you can do. You can trace it all back all the way back to the church in Jerusalem. And you can pick something out of each one that is the truth of God. But the only church that had the fullness of the truth was the church of Messiah from Jerusalem that then spread out in that time 
over the world. And then when uh, other people decided we're going to take control of it, now then you have the Reformation. And then you go on and you have all these wars taking place and doing things that should have been settled because Messiah settled the whole thing about going to war. And so it's just a, a an aspect of the reality that people don't see, and they don't do it with intention. It's just that along the way, somebody got one little idea that was different than the rest, and but they don't want to do it, so we'll branch off and we'll do what they're doing, but we'll... So each time it goes down, it's broken away, and it's not the original church. And this is what uh, Paul spoke about, Messiah spoke about, that it's so uh, important that we stick with the reality of the truth of the word. And if somebody's teaching you something that varies from that, then you need to set them aside as a false teacher and go back to the word and figure out with God what that is. Well, with what you just said, do you remember the scripture that goes with that? If anybody brings to you any other gospel, let them be accursed. Not that I'm putting a curse on them, but let them be under the curse. He's not putting a curse on them that let them fall under that curse that don't listen to what they're saying at all. And I wanted to ask you this, because you came from this, and I may have heard this in a movie or something, but if somebody goes to confession, don't they say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned? So we know from what y'all is bringing out now that that's not going to happen, because bless me because I've sinned? No, you're on the curse side. So just that, it just made me think about that, that you think you're going to get a blessing because you went to a man? and confess something no you get blessing from going on the side of god to get away from sin so don't put your faith in a person as a father like a priest but but in god but when you said that i thought of that the word saying that that if anybody brings you any other gospel than what we've taught what we've brought then let them be accursed well and i will even take it to what the translation should have said if anybody brings you a, a gospel different than what we taught you what you accepted they will be eternally cursed or they will be cursed and not eternally that was only determined if they don't repent in the perspective of it but that's the reality it's not let them be cursed they will be cursed because they're teaching something contrary to the truth of god therefore they're not being obedient to god therefore they're going to be cursed and it is it's it's huge uh, and yes, uh, the, the Catholic confessional, so you go and you confess your sin. Now, the Bible does say confess your sins to one another. It doesn't say go to this person who uh, is put above you in this place and go tell them about it. No, confess your sins to one another, which means openly. When you have something that, that you struggle with, hey, I've got this problem. I want to get rid of it. You know, I, I'm I'm going to confess it. I'm going to bring it out because... As long as I'm hiding something, you can hold it against me. But once I profess it out of my mouth, hey, I have this problem. I'm doing this thing. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. What can you hold against me? 
Yeah, look at him. He's doing. Yeah, he just said that. You you can't make me look bad if I confess my sin. No, because you bring it out into the light, and therefore in darkness is where it's going to be brought out. But you bring it out into the light, even if somebody says something, what more can you do to me? It's already out. Right. So that's the, the concept of pre-circumcision of the heart, is that you don't care how it looks on you anyway. Well, what I care about is God said, confess my sins to, to others. So this is what I've done. And I'm not going to go and hide behind a, in a little booth and forgive me for I sinned. And then, okay, well, pray 10 Hail Marys and five Our Fathers and uh, whatever else it is that they, I can't remember. It's been so long since I was uh, in that. But the reality is, is that from this aspect of blessings and curses, and, and again, um, just sometimes there's more of a passion when we get into things. And uh, I, I'm just going to finish it with the fact that just know that you're blessed when you have the, the fullness of faith in God and you're cursed when you don't. So when you know that you're being cursed and you know that curses are coming your way, that you are in a place of condemnation, you need to seek God with all of your heart in order to find the truth and the, let that truth set you free. And you, what does it set you free from again? When the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Well, you'll be free from sin. Why? Because you're now you're not disobedient, you're freed from the curse. And so when you are truly freed, everything in your life is a blessing. There are no curses in your life. And you can tell people all day long, always blessed, always blessed, always blessed. But that person that says always blessed, you're always going to see that person in a fit of rage or in a frustrated state. And well, that's not right. This isn't fair. And when you do, you don't have to say anything to them. You can just see that, wow, I can see that they're not always blessed because they're not temperate. They're not self-controlled. The Bible says that if, like, especially with overseers and deacons, and this really carries out to anybody in faith, you're supposed to be temperate and self-controlled because if, if as leaders of the church, we're temperate and self-controlled, then we teach those who follow us to be temperate and self-controlled. And then they teach people who follow them to be temperate and self-control. And what it is, is what you're doing is you're leaving a legacy. And the legacy you're leaving is the one that Messiah left for you. It's not your legacy. You're passing Messiah's legacy on to the next generation. So the next generation can pass it on to the next generation. And that'll go on until nobody else is left to accept the reality of truth of God. And I'll end my portion uh, with this on this is that with the way that mother had this done with the, at the very beginning where it says always blessed or cursed. Well, once you find the fullness of faith and you die in that, you are always blessed. And if you die in it and you are disobedient to God, you are always cursed. So you can take it to um, that aspect. But Phil, that's a good stopping point And we will... Uh, see everybody on the next podcast, and we appreciate you listening in tonight. Have a good evening. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. 
If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.